Hello and welcome to another episode of the League One Lowdown. And what a big episode it is as we do our big season preview ahead of the 2019-2020 season. We are going to take a look at who the big hitters could be and the potential failures could be as the new season is almost upon us with it being four days away. The new season kicks off on Saturday. 22 teams will play Saturday. Barry's game of MK Dons has been uh, called off amidst Barry's worried financial issues, meaning they will have to kick off both sides on the 10th of August and begin the new seasons. I am your host, Matt Iles, and as ever, I'm joined by uh, two uh, guests. Uh, my first guest is Joe Citrone, an Oxford fan. Joe, how have you enjoyed your break and uh, happy new season to you? Yeah, cheers, Ozzy. Well, yeah, to be fair, I'm just looking forward to the season getting going again, obviously. Uh, it's not been, an, not been the easiest summer to be an Oxford fan, but I'm still looking forward to the season just getting going again. Yeah, that's uh, what I was hoping you could say. It's been quite a worrying summer for Oxford, but uh, we'll move away from that. And we've got Alex Broom alongside us, as always, as ever. Alex, how's the summer been? And like I said to Joe, happy new season to you, mate. Um, yeah, cheers, Ozzy. I've had a great summer as a working fan, actually. Had a bit of... Um, investment into the club, made some decent strides in the transfer market and I'm just really looking forward to see how, how we can fare this season. Well, yes, whilst one team's transfer business is worrying, another team's transfer business is good. But uh, as they say, the show must go on. So we are going to look at the top, the bottom and who the big hitter, as I said, the surprise package could be and which teams uh, are going to be potentially going to cause a stir as they challenge the so-called big hitters so let's start at the top um the top six i can imagine between the three of us is very similar um before we get it dive into these predictions joe i just want to ask you a question do you think the league is stronger this year or do you think it's weaker than what it was last year it's a tough question to answer i think obviously last season there was a lot of there was a lot of poor sides sort of in the middle of the in the middle of the table um, and I, I, to be honest, I anticipate that sort of being the case again. I don't think it's strengthened massively, but I think what you will see is maybe, again, some new teams um, challenging for those automatic process bases. Again, I think Peterborough have done amazing business. Um, I, you know, we're not sure how Ipswich are going to do. We're not sure how Rotherham are going to do coming down. So it's going to be interesting, but you just don't, there's a couple of teams where there's question marks over them at the moment. Like you, you look at their squad and you think, okay, that should do okay in League One. But a, a couple of the relegated sides, a couple of the sides who just missed out on promotion last season, you just wonder whether they're going to be suffering hangovers from sort of the disappointment last season. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It's a tough question to answer. I don't know what you think. I think I, I think the division this year is probably, I think it's pretty much the same. I think you're right. I think it, it's, again, probably you're going to have a bit of a gulf between the top five and then that last place for sixth, I think is going to be very hotly contested like it was last year. Um, I think, as you rightly said, I think it's a great point. The middle of the table, really, um, you kind of have that feel that it's going to be exactly the same as last year. Um, and a lot of the teams, obviously, Barry and Bolton, they might not even be around when the ball gets, when, when the season goes on. So um, they might, you know, go out of business. So I think the division, in, in that way, because those two potentially could go, it's got weaker because it could be left teams. But I think it's very similar to what, um, it was last year. I mean, Alex, do you agree with what me and Joe are saying or do you have a different opinion? I, I think the league's much stronger this year than it was last year. I think last year we saw um, it was the, the like, average team such as Peterborough and the shout of getting um, a playoff spot right until the final day and I'm not sure that would be the case this year because you've got um, 
you've got your you've got big teams such as um Portsmouth, Sunderland, Ipswich, they're always gonna be up there. And then Peterborough have strengthened accordingly. Rotherham looks strong, Fleetwood looks strong, Coventry looks strong, Blackpool looks strong. I think there's gonna be a really um it's gonna be an intense battle for the top six this year. I think there's more quality in the league this year than there is last year. Very, very interesting point to say, uh, Alex. Uh, let, let's start the predictions. I want to talk about Peterborough. Um, arguably, probably for me, they did do they did win the competition for best business uh, of the term. I think their business they've made is very, very good. It's certainly shown a bit of a statement uh, to a few teams in the league. Where do we have these teams placed? I do think that if the manager can get those players together, he can get these new players bedded in quickly. I think they can make really good strides. And I put them down in second place. I think their squad is probably the best they've had since they came down to League One sort of six years ago. Are we feeling the same thing or we put them a little bit lower? No, I totally agree with you. I've got them in second place as well. Um, but you never know with Peterborough. Like they've, they, they always seem to, like every summer, they always seem to sort of like, we always seem to look at their business and think, wow, they've done you know great business, spent a lot of money. And they always seem to finish eighth or ninth. Like, it's it's you know it's but I, I just think there is something a bit different about this summer. I think their strike force is just incredible. You look at Madison, Isa, Tony up there, uh, Matt Godden uh, on the bench. They've added George Boyd to the midfield. I think on paper you have to say they've got one of the strongest squads in the division. And I'm not, I haven't put them as um, I haven't put them top, but second, like it wouldn't surprise me if they were finished top. To be fair, I, I, I expect them to see them in the top two. Alex, what do you think is going to be key for Peter for this year? It's going to be very different to, to last season in which they underachieved massively. I think um, with Peter this season, they've um, they've got on paper. I think they have got the strongest starting eleven in the league, in my opinion. I've got I've got them down for third place. That's just because I think perhaps in Darren Ferguson, they've not got um, the most tactically inept manager at, um, at the helm. I'm, I'm not sure why, I've said this before, but I'll, I'll say it again, I'm not sure why they've gone back to him for a third time. I think he's done his course at Peterborough. He's not He's not um, going to bring any fresh ideas like, to what he's done before. He's um, In a way, he's quite lucky to um, get back to this job, really, after the way it's fizzled out from the last couple of times there. And if, if they had someone more, um, perhaps, like, more, in, like, I don't know, like, more in, in, in today's game, more just... Um, tactically aware than what he is I think they could be in right contention to um, win the league but I think the manager is going to be what holds them back but I think on, on their, their players on paper I think I'm not I, perhaps only Sunderland really can compete with them for quality and start in 11 in my opinion it's just the fact they've, they perhaps lack a little bit defensively Peterborough and then um, Darren Ferguson's probably not the best man to have when you're looking for someone to organise a pretty Average defence. I'm just not really sure what he's going to be able to um, get from that. So that's why I've not got them to finish in the top two, but I have got them third. I think that that, that is something that uh, will be the key for them. I, I, I think you're absolutely spot on with, with what Dan Ferguson said. But he's done it before. He did it with a Peterborough team that wasn't expected to do much. So maybe when he's under a lot of pressure, they're a bit more under the microscope. He might thrive under pressure. Let's talk about Sunderland now because... It, whenever they're in this division, they're going to be favourites. They were hot favourites last year, didn't go up. They're in it again this year. Um, Jack Ross has once again made massive strides in the market. He got rid of Lee Cassim after 10, uh, 10 serving years as captain and um, being a fan's favourite, if you like. Uh, he's made some big decisions. 
He's brought in some decent players. Where do we think they're going to go? Are they going to actually finally get back into the championship? Or are they going to have a very similar season to what it is last year? What What's the key, Joe, for Sunderland this year if they are going to get into the top two, which I do believe they will do. And I do think they'll win the league um, before I do come to actually, because I think that they're, they're, they're a year wiser. They know what a lot of teams are going to do. Still, a lot of teams are going to go to the stadium tonight and still want to go and get a point. I think that if they can deal with teams sitting back and being very disciplined, I think they can, they'll get a lot more points um, than, than what they got last year in, in that situation. Um, I think that maybe they might have a different style of, of approach. They might want to play a little bit quicker. Um, they might want to get the forwards involved a little bit more. So I do think that this season it will come together. Do you think that what I've said is true or do you think there may be something else that makes them good? Um, Sutherland is a really difficult one to call for me because I've not been sort of overly impressed with sort of much of what they've done over the summer. Like they made a couple of smart signings, I think. In I think Willis is probably the best signing they've made from Coventry. I think on a free transfer, um, long-serving to Co- uh, long-serving player for Coventry. Um, I think he's a good defender, good on the ball, quite similar to Curtis Nelson. I think in a lot of ways, and they signed Dobson as well, 21 years of age, was captain of Warsaw last season, but. They've not really, they haven't really splashed out like they had last summer, which I guess was to be expected to sort of balance the books a little bit. And they have got Aidan McGee tied down to a new contract, which I think is important. But I don't know. I've put them third, but it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if they won the league. It wouldn't surprise me sort of if they had a real disaster of a season and slipped into mid table, if that makes sense. Because mm. I think there's a lot of unknown variables regarding Sunderland, like how they're going to recover from the sort of brutal way they lost the um, playoff final last season. <clears throat> Um, how Jack Ross is going to be able to lift those players for the new season because I think they all expected this it to be sort of a, a League One tour one season then back in the Championship and, and they'll get going again and then now they're into the second season you know, it reminds me a little bit I guess of when my team Oxford were relegated to the conference a um, few years ago we all expected it to be one season then back up and when it starts to get to two seasons three seasons it, it can you know the fan base can get a bit frustrated and we know how and Sunderland fans can can be very passionate about their team. So I think if they, a good start's important for Sunderland, I feel. Um, if they get off to a bad start, you know, don't win the first two or three games, I think the fans can turn on them quickly and it might be a tough season. I think that's a valid point to make, Alex. I think the fans is a very important question. Joe rightly said they are a very, very passionate fan base. They're very supportive. They do come out in their numbers. Do you think that maybe they'll look at this season compared to last year and think that nothing's guaranteed? You might be a big fish in a small pond, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee good things. You think that they might be a bit more reserved and a bit more um, uneasy about the, the, the season upcoming compared to last year? Yeah, I think it's important. I think they've, if they didn't know before, it's important they can't take um, what they are for granted, really. Like, just because they are the biggest club in the league, they, that, that, does, that means nothing on the football pitch. Because they, they didn't beat Aquinta Stand last year, didn't beat Wickham, didn't beat Oxford. The, against these smaller clubs, they um they didn't. There's some of them they did, did couldn't even beat um when they played them twice. So that means the size of um the club itself means nothing. And I, I quite like what um Jack Ross has done this summer. Actually, I I, I was was half expecting him to sort of um spend big and make like six or seven proper headline signings, but. They haven't really done that because last season, they, regardless of the fact they finished fifth, they still got 85 points, which is a pretty decent return, especially after having two years of almost losing every single week. 
And he's managed to um, get rid of um, Catamore, as you say, getting um, his stupidly high-earning wages off the book, I think, is an excellent move. And replacing him with the younger, the, the, younger, the hungry and younger George Dobson, I think he's going to be uh, pretty much a stroke of genius. It reminds me of when they signed um, Luca Nine from Wickham last year, and then yeah. I went on to be Sunderland's Young Player of the Year. So it shows that perhaps going down that route could be the way forward. I like, I like um, the fact that they've tried to, they tried to keep like the core of the squad um, together. Um, McGeady staying on, which is pretty big. There was some um, talk of him um, perhaps moving away to a championship. So, but on his day, he probably is the the best player in this league. Like he's he's played um in the Champions League, played in the Premier League. Like he's he's got he's got the um, undoubted quality at this level. So it's it's quite um it's quite important they've managed to keep him on, and and I think like as I was just saying, like they haven't like um done a massive like, overhaul for the squad and shuffled it about a lot. I think they've got the, all the players have got a year um like playing together under their belts. They've um they've um sort of like. They've added a couple of additions. Um, Willis from Coventry again. Like when I was saying, I expected them to like, break the bank and like, like sort of like splash the cash around. I wasn't expecting them to sign um someone like um Willis from Coventry. But that's um, it's it's a sort of sign in which you don't, if you don't, like Jack Ross has probably got the thing in his head. If they don't have to spend big, don't spend big. And yeah. I think that could be a another smart little addition to their team. But it it, it all comes down for me whether they've got um they can break away from these silly amounts of draws that they had last year because we all know some of them are tough to beat. They're the fewest um, amount of losses in the league despite finishing fifth. But it's just whether they could get that little bit of quality to win a tight game, which we didn't really see them do last year. In fact, a lot of the times when they um, did have that bit of quality, it's to turn a loss into a draw rather than a draw into a win. So it's going to be important that players such as um, McGeady, Chris Maguire and... Um, like Dobson, they they can um sort of like when the game's sort of like a bit dark, they can take the game with the scruff of its neck and use a little bit of um mm. magic per se to be able to get, get Sunderland um up to where they belong, and that's certainly not in League One. Was they were they in your top two? By any I've chance? got Sunderland. I've got Sunderland to win the league, and I think they're gonna. I think they're. I, if Sunderland don't finish in the top two, I'd be pretty surprised. To be fair, I think. I, I like the, I like the way that Ross has kept the squad together. I think that can only be good things. Like, it, even though like on paper it was a disastrous season last year, suddenly finishing fifth and not getting promoted, they still got eighty five points. And I think a lot of their squad's fairly young as well. So the fact they've got like a year playing together and then just a, a couple of smart signings rather than sort of what they did last year. And they don't panic when they panic bought Will Grigg. I thought that was a pretty poor move at the time. They haven't done anything like this. And they sort of like. Well, yeah. Anyway, they've sort of like um, addressed um, the issue smartly, and I think um, they are going to be in for a good year. Let's look at another team, uh, Portsmouth, who were very highly fancied last year. They uh, lost to Sunderland in the playoff semi-finals, as everybody knows. Um, their business, to me, does look like it's certainly an upgrade on a lot of the players they've had. Um, the notable bits of business: Ellis Harrison bought in. Uh, from Ipswich for around, I think, £300,000. Uh, they bought in Marcus Harness, who was strong for Burton last year at, at various points in the season. Ross McCrory, very highly rated on loan from Rangers. Um, any manager in this division can take a team at, the, at, at League One into the Championship. It's Kenny Jackett. His CV backs that up. He's got Mill, he's got Wolves out of this division. Um, he's under a lot of pressure now at Portsmouth. Um, if he doesn't succeed this year in getting them up, is is time up for Kenny Jacket? One of you, one of you two, jump in. 
I've got them down this third place. I think they're going to go slightly above what they are. Um, and this begs the question, if they don't go up this year, has he failed? And does he deserve one more year after if they don't go up? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think, can you, yeah, I mean, it's a competitive league up there. You know, you can't, I don't think Portsmouth are the sort of side where they have a divine right to sort of be um, going up when you're in the same league as, you know, Ipswich, Sunderland, Peterborough, spending enormous amounts of money. But I think they're, they're certainly expected to be up there. And I've actually got, I've got Portsmouth to win the league. I think, I, I actually do think that Kenny Jackett is going to be a big factor behind that. Um, I think they've, they recruited well, considering they they did lose probably one of their best players in Matt Clark um, to Brighton. They could lose another one, couldn't they, Jamal Lowe? I mean, there's lots yeah. of could be on the way to the yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. And I, I I don't know that 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 will be difficult. To, you know, to see how you know how they replace him. But I think they've already got a, a decent squad. Um, I think I say I think they've coped well with the um, the loss of Clark by bringing in Paul Downing, who was very impressive last season for Doncaster, and Sean Raggett, who I, you know I do believe that he's you know, a good defender on loan from Norwich, you know, big, strong, um, has had a few injuries in his career, but I think when he did get on the pitch for Rotherham, I think he was, a, you know, a decent player for them in the championship. Um, and they've got a couple of sort of talismanic players as well up there, and Brett Pittman, Hawkins, I think is always going to be um, a danger. So I, I do have them to win the league, but it's 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 going to be interesting. I think you make a good point about Jamal Lowe. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they cope with his loss, if he does go, because it's still... You know, no move has been sorted out. There's been a lot of clubs sort of interested. You know, Millwall, Wigan, I think we're interested, but as of yet, no deal's been done. So that'll be interesting over the last few weeks. But I, I think when you're in a situation like that, when it starts to get drawn out, you sort of just want it to to, to get done. So even if he does leave now, you've got enough time to replace. So it may, I may change my mind a little bit if they sort of lose him on, on in the final hour of deadline day and don't have time to get a replacement in. But if they get it done, you know, quickly, if he either stays or goes. They get a replacement in, I, I believe, you know, by looking how their um, transfer business has gone so far, I would have full faith in any jacket in the recruitment team at Pompey to, to get a decent replacement in. Alex, do you think that their strength in depth is arguably probably the best in the division? I mean, you look at, you know, when you've got Pittman, um, you've got Harrison. If he doesn't play, they've got Hawkins. Um, you look at the sort of midfield they provide, you know, they've got, uh, Naylor, Evans, McCrory in central midfield, Ben Close, Anton Walks can play there. Do you think that having that good strength in depth is key? Having sort of four players in each position gives the manager a bit of a headache, but a good headache in a way because he's got good players to, to count upon that have almost been left in the lurch, essentially. Yeah, I think no one really can compete for the variety of strikers that Portsmouth have. I mean, they've got their big target man in Hawkins, they've got their poacher in Pittman and they've sort of got their pacey Ooh, getting behind Runner and um Ellis Harrison. So they they've sort of um they're sort of well well equipped for whatever defence they come up against. And I, I do think um well I I just want to address what Joe said. I think when you were saying about if they can replace Jamal Lowe, I'm think is the signings of Marcus Harness and Ryan Williams, two wingers, would you think they're not like they were not bought in in the mind that Jamal Lowe was leaving? Mm. Like, yeah, probably, probably. That, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I was just probably, but again, like, it, you know, it, it's still going to be a big loss for them. And if it's late in the window, I still think they'll probably want one more signing in. And, you know, I think Harness actually is a, a great bit of business, to be fair. Like, you mentioned that. Like, that's a good bit of business. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Just carry on, sorry. Yeah, but I agree. Harness is a winger who can score goals. So when they signed him, I thought as soon as I... um. 
is announced, I thought, oh, that's Jamal Lowe off them. So I think they're fairly similar players. And I think that um, if um, he was in a better team harness, which he is now than Burton, so they'll be able, he'll be able to um, pro- really have a chance to flourish. And um, I'm not sure about hitting Jamal Lowe's numbers, but he, um, 17 goals last year for Wing is pretty much unheard of at this level. So I'm not sure about, possibly not sure of that, but I think he could be able to get double figures and really have a chance to excel. And uh, what another thing I do really like from um, Kenny Jackett this summer is that they lost um, Matt Clark, centre-back, to Premier League Brighton, and they were straight in and replaced him with um, Sean Raggett from a fellow Premier League club, Norwich. And I think that's really that's really smart. I think it's a very, sort of like a like for very like-for-like um, replacement. It's a similar sort of centre-back, a bit of a man-mountain, no-nonsense defender. And I think that's going to um, be really key if um, Raggett has a good season to where Portsmouth finish. Because I, I think... That as as Alzi said, they have got with it with it for strength in depth wise for actual terms of their squad, they've probably got the best squad in the league. But mm-hmm. perhaps like for, um, when it comes to that the first eleven, they perhaps lack a little bit behind um, Sunderland and Peter. But for me, but nevertheless, I've I have got Portsmouth down the second. I think um, Kenny Jackin will be able to guide them back into the championship. Another one of the big hitters is uh, one of the three sides that's come down in Ipswich. Um, of course, they're at this level for a, for the first time in a very, very long time after nearly 15 years in the Championship. Very interesting about Ipswich. I had them down as fifth. Um, they're going to be up there, I think. Um, the, they have got a lot of players who Paul has brought in that weren't League One players, that were probably too, too big a step up for them last year. The likes of Nolan and Ciala, Caden Jackson. Um, I think that they are League One quality players and I think very good League One players. Um, I think the manager, Lambert, I think he's now got a whole summer to clear the deadwood to try and finally get them to play what he wants. I think they're not, to me, to be considered serious top two contenders for me because I don't think they've made enough signings. I think they need a little bit more quality in there. I think, you know, Norwood's a very, very good acquisition, I think, from Tranmere. I think a lot of teams would have certainly been having him in, in their uh, in their strike forces, I think, in the league. Um that's why I've got them down as fifth. I think they've got a very young team. Um, they're going to be under a lot of pressure. Their fans are going to be demanding that they're going to get back into the championship. I just don't know whether or not they can they can quite do it. But if they bring a few signings in before the end of the transfer window, then they've got a very good opportunity for me. Do you agree with what I've said? Or do you think maybe it might be slightly better or slightly worse for it, for it Joe? What do you think? Um, I, th- I agree with actually mainly what you said. I think I've got them in, in fourth. Um Again, it's going to be interesting to see how they sort of if they can snap out of that losing mentality. Um, you know, we've seen clubs, you know, sometimes come down and not quite been able to get out of that that losing habit. Um, you know, some sides have. Remember when Rotherham came down after um, having an awful season in the Championship and going straight back up under Paul Warren, and you know that they'll sort of be looking to bounce back as well. But with Ipswich, they were so far behind. That's such a such a bad season. It might be difficult, but. What I would say about Ipswich and, and to reassure them about their sort of lack of signings, I know a few Ipswich fans are getting a bit sort of sort of a bit nervous about um, them not bringing in many players. The quantity of players isn't really there. First of all, I think the quality is definitely there. Nord for me is the signing of the summer in League One. I think he's a quality, quality player. And um, you know, one of the issues that they had and um, one of the reasons they went down was because they they signed probably not not enough players who are ready for the championship. Too many League One players, but they've got a great League One squad. Now you know because if they've gone, they they went down because they had basically a League One squad in the Championship. 
now they have a League One squad in League One, if that makes sense. Like yeah. They've got players like Enciala and Nolan and Edwards um, and Caden Jackson, um, who you just think will just go straight into a League One side and do incredible um, incredible things. And they've made, a, they've made a couple of decent signings. Um, apart from that, again, Holy's a decent keeper from Gillingham. Uh, they've got Barbers, uh from Everton on loan, which that, that's not a bad bit of business, depending on you know, if they play them in the right position. Um, so it's going to be interesting for Ipswich. Again, like it's a, it's a similar situation I think for Lambert as well, whether he can sort of his last few jobs in management have sort of all ended badly. So he needs to sort of snap out that losing habit as well as a manager. Um, so it's going to it's going to be very interesting. This is one that I'll be keeping a very close eye on, and I'll be I'll be interested to see how Ipswich do because it's one of those ones again where I'll, I'll put them up there because they're Ipswich, they're a big club for this level, but. You know, it, it all depends again, just like Sunderland, I think, in many ways. It depends on the start they make. And, you know, if they make a strong start, I expect them to, you know, the fans to get straight behind them and, you know, enjoy their, seeing their team win football matches again, even if it's a, lo- a lower level. But if they make a bad start, again, I can see the fans quickly becoming very agitated, very frustrated, and um, it, might, it might turn a bit sour. Very good point you made there, Joe. Um, uh, uh, Alex, I mean, we look at Jack Ross at Sunderland, how he's took a lot of precautions in the transfer market, hasn't spent the big bucks. That's certainly the road Ipswich have gone down. Um, so does it go to show that maybe Lambert doesn't want a big-time Charlie in the team, but actually wants players that care and doesn't really care about their transfer fee if he knows they're going to be good? Is that the sort of thing do you think he's looking down? Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I think the sign of, um, what's his name, James Norwood in the three, I think it's absolutely excellent. I think that could be um, up there for one of the signings <laughs> in the summer in this league, I think. He's definitely a striker who promises goals. He's capable of playing up top on his own. You know, you're going to get um, you know, he's going to run his socks off for the club, but he can finish. He's got all the credentials needed to be a good striker at this level. And coming coming back to Lambert, what really surprised me is when he said that um, no one should expect it switch to get promoted. I mean, I thought it was absolutely ludicrous that he said that. I mean, how do you think like his squad of players feel after um losing every week in the in the in the championship? They want their confidence to be boosted. They want um the manager say he believes in them and he just says that he doesn't think they're going to get promoted. That's I think that's an absolutely shocking thing to say, um, being... Um, <laughs> well, how no, it is. No, it's just... If I was a player for instance and I had the manager say that, you're playing for one of the biggest clubs in the league, you're dropping into the third tier for the first time in God knows how many years, and he's saying, oh yeah, don't expect us to be up there. Like, that's just gonna. That's just going to... If I was a player, I'd think, well, I don't want to play for him. Like, what, what, <laughs> if he doesn't believe in me, why should I try on the pitch, that sort of thing. But um, I think the, the players Ipswich have, they, they, they are definitely, um, they've definitely got one of their strongest squads in the league. I think Alan Judge, if they can keep him at the club and keep him fit, I think he's probably, he's, he's up there with like the McGeady's and the Marcus Madison in this league for possibly the best player in the league. I think he's absolutely excellent this day, Alan Judge, as we saw when he won the 2015-16 Championship Player of the Year when he played for Brentford. I think if he can really get into his groove this year, then it's his fans are being for a treat watching him up against um, some of the weaker defences in the league. But it, again, it's which is a one that wouldn't surprise me if they did um, if they just finished completely mid table. It wouldn't surprise me if they challenged the automatic promotion spots. So it's really hard for me to actually give like a firm a firm opinion of where I think they'll finish. I've got them down for fourth, but that but that could easily change if um. Yeah depending on what happens. I think Lambert saying what he said about not wanting to go up, I think that's one of the strangest things I've ever heard a manager say, to be honest. Actually, probably isn't, but it's still strange, nevertheless. 
it's a it's a very valid point you make. I think a lot of people might disagree on what you've just said there, but each their own. Uh, another one of the big hitters is the side who came down with Ipswich in Rotherham, who are League One's playoff specialists. Last two years, last two times they've been down in this division, they've won the playoffs. I had them down in fourth place. Um, I think everyone in football can agree that Paul Warren is a nice guy, um, but nice guys sometimes don't succeed, do they? Um, Championship seems to be a level which just seems to be beyond him, but in League One he seems to get it right. Um, he seems to bring players in who don't just aren't these big-time egos. They they get the club, they want to be part of the furniture and want to be here for a long time. His business is never stand out, but he almost seems to find these gems. Um, and I think that that's what they're going to be reliant on. I think a lot of their squad, like Ipswich, is League One quality. Um so I think that that's, that's something that's going to be down there. And it's a very good League One squad. So you've got to put them within sort of the top six. Um, Joe, what would you make of Rotherham? Do you think they're better equipped than Ipswich? Or do you think that they're maybe slightly worse off than uh, the Tractor Boys? Um, well, first of all, I just, I just really like the way that Rotherham go about things in terms of, obviously, their manager, Paul Warren. I'm a big fan of him and um, how he wants to keep the squad together. But they have lost a lot of players, to be fair. This um, this summer they've lost um, a, f- a fair few, I think. Um, off the top of my head, they've lost. Well, Ajayi. Um, yeah. Um, who, else, who else have they lost this summer? They've lost Volks, Ajayi, as you say. Um, a few others as well. I think Ryan Williams has gone to Portsmouth. Uh, Joe Newell, I think they lost. Uh, well, they lost as well, didn't they? You know, like, yeah, they're a lot of Lonies. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Purrington as well. I think they lost to Charlton, so yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be interesting um, to see how they do. But I have I, I look I look at their side on paper, and I think they have they've made a, a few you know decent signings. Again, Ladapo, I'm not sure about him in terms of the money they've spent, but he's proven he can score goals at this level. Um, Jamie Lindsay, a young centre back from Ross um, centre midfielder, sorry from Ross County, um, and they've actually spent big like Ladapo, uh, Lindsay. Um, I think they spent you know fairly big money on. Um, which they don't usually do. So it's it's again. It's, it, I'm not sure with Rotherham. I think they'll be up there. Um, I'd be surprised to see them not do well, or you know, not in the top six at least, or at least at the very least in and around that sort of top six area. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I haven't got them to be promoted. I've got them to be fifth. Um, and again, they could go up via the playoffs, but I'm not. I'm not sure about them. I, I, it's it's a difficult one to call. But I think the thing with um, Paul Warner, what he's managed to do, like you, you think the fan base would be going mad at losing all these players, and and I think he's done a very good job at keeping everyone calm, and I think there's a lot of belief in him from the Rotherham fans and, and the players as well that he he's going to get the players in, he's going to, you know, shape this squad into a into a decent League One side, and um, I do believe they'll 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 be okay. Um, I've got them fifth. Uh, I don't know what you guys think of, uh, think of that or or the rest of the playoff picture, but I've, I've got them in and around fifth. I've got Fleetwood sixth. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Well, I, I, so I, I put Rotherham fourth. Um, that, that's what I think. And then obviously I put Fleetwood sixth. I, I, I will talk about Fleetwood in a minute. But Alex, just, just talking about Rotherham, I mean, the fans love Paul Warren. I think, you know, he's, he's a man who lives and breathes the club. I mean, when, they, when he cried after they got relegated at West Brom, I think that just shows all you need to know that he cares. Do you think maybe if they start badly, I mean, when they were first in League One, sort of two years ago, they didn't get off to the greatest of starts. And they stuck by him. Do you think if they do it again with the bit more money that they've spent, do you think that they, they, they seem not the type to get on his back? Do you think that that might be something that might turn uh, against Paul Warren? 
No, I can't really see the Rotherham fans turning against him. To be honest, he's he's done like um, a really good um, job for the club. He's the man who knows the club inside out. He's, I, I, I think he'll always be regarded as um, a bit of a well, maybe maybe not a legend, but sort of like um, a good guy in within the Rotherham faithful. And I've got, I think, for the last couple of playoff spots, I think it could be three clubs who are in. Um, the three different divisions last season, it could be battling out for them. I think Rotherham, Fleetwood and Lincoln are all looking um, about as strong as each other, perhaps on paper. And I think it'd be interesting to see out of those three who finish um, in the last couple of playoff spots, assuming uh, the, the top four we've got all um, all are the same. Like I'm, I'm, I really like um, what I, I like the signings that Warren's made at Rotherham. I think Carlton Morris is a good acquisition. I think Ladipo will get you goals. And then Fleetwood, I've, I, I called them to do well about, I think it was February um, of the season, just gone. And the signings of Paul Coots and Josh Morris, that's just done absolutely nothing to change my mind. Sheffield United fans are disappointed seeing Coots leaving there in the Premier League, which I think says what you need to know about him. And then um, Lincoln, I think Lincoln's a very interesting one. That they've got, um, they're sort of like well-known to be a, a fairly direct team when they play. But they've signed two playmakers now, which could perhaps, in George Grant and Jack Payne, suggest they're breaking away from the mould that's got them two league titles in three years and they're sort of going to perhaps play a slightly different brand of football. I'm not too sure about that, but um, it's um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see um, how John Akinde steps up to League One as well because he's not really ever done it at this level before. Perhaps he's better at bullying like weaker defenders who are perhaps um, less positionally good as some of the um, top centre-arts in this league, but... It, He's a sort of striker. Um, when he gets a chance, he often manages to tuck it away. So it'd be, it'd be just be. It's going to be interesting to see how they do. But I've got um, in regards to that, I've got um, Rotherham to finish fifth, Fleetwood sixth, and then Lincoln seventh. I don't know about what you guys have got for the last um, couple of playoff spots. Well, I haven't got Lincoln that high up to be fair. I where did you place them, Joe? I put them fourteenth. Like, I, okay. okay. Um, to be fair, I think um, I think I've, I've done a couple of tweets about. It. I think Lincoln fans hate me, to be honest, because I've I've, I've made a couple of a, a couple of fans not really uh, a couple of the tweets about, and their fans have come back at me. I don't think I'm giving enough credit, but I don't know. I th- I just think they are. Um, I think I just expect them to consolidate for the first season in League One. I don't think I don't see their side as um, a side that's going to challenge up there. To be honest, like I think they made a couple of decent signings again, like Payne and Grant, um, had a bit more creativity. Um, obviously, the Cowley brothers know how to get results and. And they really have, um, you know, for the last few seasons, got into that. We talked about losing habits earlier. They were in a real winning habit at Lincoln City. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I just haven't got them high, that high up. I've got, um, I've got Coventry in around the, um, yeah. just outside the playoff spots. Actually, I think they've, they've made some strong business. I think, you know, you could argue that their sort of move to St Andrews might um, disrupt them a little bit. Um, but I think they have made a couple of decent signings. Fadson, I think, is a good. Um, Good signing. I think that was one of the you know the free transfers at the start, right at the start of the summer, that I was just waiting to see who picked him up um, after he was let go by Burton. Morosi um, from Doncaster, decent keeper. There's rumours that they might be um, bringing in Tyler Walker up front, who I think is a great signing. I would have loved to have seen him at Oxford. And I think Mark Robbins is just a great manager at this level. I think he knows what he's doing. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got I've got them up at seventh and. Uh, I've got Fleetwood sixth as well. I agree with basically everything Broom said. We spoke about Fleetwood quite a lot on the podcast, to be fair. And we, um, I think that I think I expect them to continue the progress they've made. Josh Morris, Danny Andrew, Paul Coots, great signings. They've kept hold of Paddy Madden. They might miss Chad Evans, but 
Um, he still could come back as well, to be fair. So um, I expect Fleetwood to have a strong season. Coventry just outside. And then I've got a few sides. I've got Blackpool 8th, um, yeah. Burton ninth, Gillingham 10th at the moment. I don't know what you guys think, but um, I think three sides actually that I expect to make progress from last season without really knocking on the door of the playoffs. Well, the, I had obviously Fleetwood 6th, so that's all in favour there. I had obviously Coventry in 8th. I had Lincoln ninth. I had Blackpool 10th. Um, I'll put in seventh, actually, Shrewsbury. Um, I think they're... I, I spoke when me and Jay did the Transfer Talk podcast. I thought I said Shrewsbury's business was very exciting. I thought it was very good. Um, the key last season for Shrewsbury, wasn't it, was their tight defence. They were solid. Um, and that was what was basically the key component for staying up in the division, wasn't it? Um, which many teams certainly followed the lead from. I think if they can change their style a little bit, if they can score a lot more goals, I think they can really, really challenge. They're always going to have a solid defence, given who their manager is and given he played in a lot of good back fours over the years. Um, you look at their business, Steve Morrison on loan, I think any a lot of teams in the bottom half of League One would have loved him on loan. Um, you know, they signed Luke uh, McCormick from uh, Chelsea, uh, who's a very exciting young prospect. Um, they've signed, you know, Daniel Udo, who's got buckets of goals in the National League North for Telford. Um, obviously, a move that hasn't gone down well with their rivals, but he's Sam Ricketts done, I think, really good, astute business for them. Max O'Leary on loan from Bristol City. He's a very high rated goalkeeper. So I had them up in seventh. And, you know, if they, if they finish down in 14th, then, you know, I'm going to look a bit of an idiot. But I think on paper, they do look a very, very strong team um, with, with, I think, real good components there to have a real good, strong season. and and push for that sixth place. Not many people thought Doncaster would finish there, mm. and they did. So, yeah. you know, there's always that surprise package. 100%. Uh, we've gone through the big hitters. We've gone through the potential surprise packages. Let's look at the bottom. Don't need to talk about Barry and Bottom, because I think everybody listening to this, and us two, well, us three, can agree that they are they are two doomed clubs. Um, I had um, Wimbledon and Rochdale was 22nd and 21st. Obviously, two sides who... Where we fought very hard to stay up in the end. Uh, Joe, who did you have for 22nd and 21st? Um, I have got uh, Southend in 22nd and I've got AFC Wimbledon in 21st. Um, Southend, I've, I've really not been impressed by their business at all this summer, really. I think they've only made three signings at the moment as we record this um, in good ship. I think they've got from Weymouth, um, a non league striker. They've got Milligan, I think, from Ibernian, and uh, Ralph, I think, is a signing, actually. I think he was relatively highly rated, and they've got him from Dundee. But I just, I, just have, I just don't think they've strengthened much. And let's bear in mind as well, they only narrowly stayed up with the squad they had last season. Um, I just can't see them really doing that well. Um, I think they might have to rely on Cox again, Simon Cox. I think Stephen Humphreys is a good um, is a good player as well. They've got He was injured, I think, for a lot of the run-in last season, which may have affected them. They may have got a few more goals, a few more points and been a little bit more comfortable if he'd stayed fit towards the end of last season. Um, and he's back fit and firing in pre-season. Um, but, you know, you've got to you've got to put somebody in there. And I just, I, I didn't have any other teams, really, than Southend and Wimbledon. I was looking at their squad as it stands. Again, there's a few weeks left of um, the transfer window to go. But as it stands, I think Southend struggling. I Wimbledon, um, they've taken a few gambles. Uh, they've got a, a, a guy from uh, non-league as well, and Guinness Walker. A young keeper from uh, West Ham, I think um, Ramsdale, yeah. the keeper they had last season, was was so good. Um, losing him might be a bit tough, and I think it might be interesting to see if I think I think it'll be 
it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that sort of Wally Downs momentum going um, into a new season or talk about second season syndrome. I wouldn't be surprised to see it sort of them sort of flatline a little bit. Um, and yeah, apart from that, I've got I've got just outside I've got Accrington um, and Rochdale, sort of small budgets. Um, but I've got in the bottom four, I've got Wimbledon and Southend, twenty um, first and twenty second. Well, obviously, as I said, I had Wimbledon and, and Rochdale down there. I think Rochdale, like you said about Wimbledon, they haven't really strengthened. I think you you do look, they do look like a team destined to really struggle this season. Um, stayed up by the skin of their teeth because they probably changed their manager the uh, a very good time in Keith Hill and kept Brian Barry Murphy and who just sort of steadied the ship and tightened things up. Um, if they leak goals like they did last year, I think that they they are going to be destined for another bad season. Wimbledon again. They're punching above their weight in League One, aren't they? If they stay up every year, they're, they're just doing fantastic. Um, I think it's going to be a real struggle for them. Um, like you said, Jerry, and you sort of touched upon there. I had Wickham in and around the bottom four, South End. I had Tranmere actually down there. Um, I think where, where have you got Tranmere, actually? Where have you got them? I, I, I didn't know where to place Tranmere at all. Like that was... I, put, I put them 18th. I think they're signing. That's where I've got them. So I... I think their signings aren't particularly great. Um, but they're on because they're on such a momentum. I think that they will just about do okay. Well, where, where did you? Who did you have in your bottom two, Alex? I didn't come to actually. And who did you have floating in and around the bottom four? Actually, I've got um in twenty second South End and twenty first Watchdale, and then just above that, I've got Wimbledon and Bristol Rovers. I think wow. um South End. Uh, um, I think mean, they've probably had the worst transfer window of every club in League One. I'd say that I think they've. Really, they had they had a poor squad last season. I just don't think they've improved it at all. They've only made um three signings, and all three are pretty uninspiring. And in my opinion, on that, I think the Kevin Bond impact um is probably going to wear off. Not that he had that great of an impact. It's hardly like he's suddenly turned him into um a machine that pushed towards the playoffs when he was appointed. He just just about did enough to keep them up. And I I think they've probably got um. Out of other than Bolton and Berry, just the worst team in the league, and I, I think they're pretty pretty likely to struggle this season. And then my reasons for Watchdale, I think they're um they were very reliant on Ian Henderson last year, and even when Brian Murphy, Brian, Barry Brian Brian Barry Murphy, I need to get his name, Barry Brian, <laughs> Brian Barry Murphy came in, so it's a bit of a tongue twister that. Um, he he did um dramatically improve results that um they were having under Keith Hill, but um similar to what Joe said about Wimbledon and Wally Downs, I'm just not sure how um long term something like that could be with them. I think Henderson's not getting any younger, and they're always going to look for him for the goals from the games. He's one of the top scorers in the league last year. I think got like over 20 goals. So and I'm not sure he'll be able to repeat it. He's um is um he's been a bit injury prone last year when he was um when he was injured. Rochdale really really struggled. So if they're that reliant on him again this season, I think they're in for um, a bit of trouble. And then Wimbledon is—I just got to echo what Joe said for Wimbledon. I think they're um, they're the sort of team which um, if they're, they're going to they'll be hard working and body downs will get them like, well drilled and organised. But they're probably about as far as they go. They've not really got any, in my opinion, too much actual quality which could um, see them push for a top half finish. And it's just whether they can keep their head afloat um, this season, which. I have them down to in 20th, but it would, it would be very unsurprising if they dropped into the bottom four. And then, I'll say I've got Bristol Rovers 19th. Do you want to um, give your opinions on them? Because I don't want to hear what you've got to say. Yeah, I, I was obviously good. We'll, we'll go across to each of our own teams. But I think with, with, with Rovers this season, I think 
it's not going to be particularly exciting, but I think we're certainly going to have more than enough to, to finish above 19th. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, which is fair enough. I think I'll put Rovers down in about 13th place. That might be a bit high, but uh, I think it depends on the manager. I think he wants us to play quick. He wants us to play more attacking football. When he first came in, he said, look, it's not going to be pretty. We're going to have to play um, this way to stay up. He did that and we stayed up. Now he's had a full summer. Now he's got rid of Deadwood. He's made some decent acquisitions. I still think we're missing um, a quality uh, uh, creative midfielder through the pitch and maybe a winger. Um, but I think we'll have a solid season. I think if Clark Carris can get the right service, I think his goals will be massive. If he has a good season, Rovers will have a good season. Um, it just depends. Look, if we, if, if we play more attacking, I think we will. it'll be beneficial to us. So I think we'll be very solid than what we were. Uh, this time round, so I had them down in 13th. Um, I want to go to, to Joe, talk about Oxford actually. Um, you've talked about basically being a disastrous summer, you talked about how the fans have started to realize that the owners um, have let Robinson down massively. Mm-hmm. Gavin White is seemingly on the verge of going uh, up a division into the championship. Do you really have bad concerns what, what could lie ahead for the next nine months? Um, yeah, the squad is, it's just so thin on the ground at the moment. It's, um, it's another frustrating summer. Um, slow business, slow work. Um, it, it's frustrating really to be an Oxford fan, has been for the last couple of weeks. Um, the same old comments are coming out, you know, we're working hard, but nothing coming off. You know, it's frustrating. And let's also bear in mind, you know, we're losing Gavin White, I think, you know, pretty much confirmed um, to, to Cardiff. That's a massive blow. But we've lost Nelson also to Cardiff, Curtis Nelson. And he's, he's not even been replaced yet. Like, we still haven't even found a replacement for him. Uh, we still haven't found a replacement for Jerome Sinclair, who, who um, obviously went um, went back to his parent club after his loan here. We've only made three signings for the first team as it stands. You know, it's, it's looking bad. But what I would say is we've got a very strong midfield. Um, so we've got a lot of good options in that area. Players like James Henry, Cameron Brannigan. Uh, Mark Sykes, I think, will have a big season for us. Um, I also think uh, Gorin, who we brought in from Motherwell, is a really good uh, player to sit in front of the back four, um, uh, a shield in front of the back four, if you like. And in fairness, those three signings, I think, have been three quality signings as well. I think Fosu, uh, under Robinson, well, I, th- I think he can have a good season. I think it'll be a good signing. And also Chris Cadden can play in a couple of different positions. Uh, good young player. Uh, capped by Scotland. Um, I think we're going to deploy him mainly at right back as a, an attacking right back. Um, but we need more. Just we need a lot more. And that's like, we've been linked with Ben Woodburn um, this morning. Hopefully that might go through today, actually, or tomorrow. Um, but I'm not counting my chickens because it's it, they've been, they've been so many sort of nearlies that this um, that we nearly signed this guy. We almost got this guy, and we just need a few to come off now. And um, I think we might have to ride our luck a little bit for the first few weeks of the season um, with a thin squad. Um, but hopefully, I'm just I put us in fifteenth at the moment. We could finish higher, we could finish lower. It just all depends on the final few weeks of this transfer window, and um, if we can get the players in um, that we need. Um, we need a striker desperately. We need a centre back desperately. Um, we could do with a couple more wingers. Um, if we get those players in and they're good players, I think we could be all right. But at the moment, I, I, the way the squad looks at the moment on paper, I just I couldn't really put us much higher than fifteenth at the moment. Doesn't really help that you got Sunderland on the opening day, but uh, yeah, you know, good luck to Oxford. And, uh, and Peter for a second as well. Peter, for no a dear. <laughs> let's, Alex, let's talk Wickham because I think me and Jake probably agree. When there was no signings coming in, it did look like Wickham would probably search to go down. 
new investments come in through New Orleans-based businessman Rob Kuig, Um and everything's just suddenly been lifted. Signings have come through the door. The fans have got optimistic, and I think a lot of people have started to change their predictions about Wickham. Where do you see Wickham truthfully finishing? I had them down in 20th place. Joe, where did you have them down to finish? Uh, I've got Wickham in 17th. So we've sort of had them around the, the bottom end of the table. Have you said for them to go higher than 17th or sort of around that area of 17th to 20th? Um, I actually, and this just sounds so biased, I've got them higher than I've got them in 14th, I think. I agree with what you said about a month, maybe perhaps six weeks ago, a month ago, that when Wickham had no signings, there was um, unsure if any money was coming in. It was really like the budget had been cut by um, half or whatever it was. It used to be, it was really like hard to imagine Wickham being in anything but a relegation scrap this season. But since then, we've had investments from these um, the Koo Higgs, the Americans. We've managed to sign um, Jack Grimmer, Fred on your dimmer, Jacob Gardner-Smith, Paul Smith. Because there's a really, really um good signings to improve the squad. We've just lost Jason McCarthy officially this morning, but I think Jack Grimmer from Coventry is a very adequate replacement. I think he's still a decent right back for this level. I don't think he'll be a weakness in the side at all. I think going forward, I think we're always gonna um we're always gonna score goals. We we have done in the last um two or three seasons under Ainsworth. That's um been the strength of um our team, the how excited we are going forward and having Fred on your dimmer, Paul Smith, Scott Cash get all together in the same team. I think that could be, it's quite scary really that all three of those um, players could be lining up together. I think there could be um, one hell of a front three next season to trouble um, League One defences. And I, I just, I've had not been this optimistic for Wickham for quite a while. Even the season we got promoted, I, before the ball was kicked, I wasn't convinced we were going to finish um, in the top three or even in the top seven. But now I just, I think we've got, a, on paper, we've got a really decent squad. That's full credit to Ainsworth for assembling um, on, well, he's been giving a little bit more money now, but before that, just using um, his links and his um, his um, motivational skills to be able to make players want to play for him. Like Jason McCarthy came out saying, I want to play for Wickham, I want to play for Ainsworth, that's why I play my best football. And yeah. it's earned him a move back into the Championship. So you've got to, you've got to say that Ainsworth, um, players love playing for him. He, he gets the best out of players. He makes you feel welcome, makes you feel wanted. He um, get, get improves your game, and I think that this season is going to be really exciting for Wickham. I'm, I'm, I don't think we'll be in a relegation battle. I've, I think 14th probably could be about a fair position. I just hope we can. Um, I hope we can start the season quite. I mean, we couldn't really ask for a much easier fixture than Bolton at home on paper, I suppose. So I think we're nearly one to three on with the bookies to win that. So it'd be it'd be good to hopefully um, get a, get a win there, which can sort of set the tone for the rest of the season. We all know how. Um, Important having a good or bad start could be. I mean, you can look at um, Joe's team Oxford last year, they got thrashed 4 0 on the opening day by Barnsley, and then they were in the relegation battle for half the season, even though their squad was um, far better than sort of team to be flirting with relegation. They just it's hard to sort of switch momentum from such a disastrous opening day. Opening day. So here's hoping that Joe doesn't have some similar experience with Sunderland this season, but it's you just don't know what's, you just don't know what's going to happen, and I think. I don't think you can really underestimate how important the opening day is to sort of set the tone for a season. If you lose it, all the fans are optimistic. Um, all the fans are pessimistic, thinking, "Oh God, maybe we're in a relegation battle. Maybe we're not going to get that promotion spot we're after." But if you win it, it's sort of like the mood within the club is sort of saying, "Well, sky's the limit, really." And I think hopefully we can get off to a good start and really um, look to push up the table. Before we wrap up, let's uh, decide who we think between the, uh, all three of us uh, who's the top scorer. The first manager's set will be who the potential playoff 
winners will be. I'll go to you first, Joe. Who do you think the top scorer will be? Um, just, just give a name. Give a name quickly. Difficult, difficult. Um, blimey. Uh, I'll probably have to say... I'll go Isa for um, Peterborough. I'm going to stick with Peterborough and go Ivan Tony. Hit a lot last year. And I think he'll do the same again in, in what will be a better side. Alex, who do you think? Um, Paddy Madden or John Marquis. Who do we think the first manager sacked will be? I'll go to you first, Alex. Um, oh, I haven't really thought about this. Uh, um, Kevin Bond. Yeah, I'm going with Kevin Bond as well. Joe? Uh, I'm going to go with... Oh my God, we signed David Wheeler. Sorry, we just signed David Wheeler. Oh my God. <laughs> What's the signing? We're going you're, up. You heard it here first. That's the third player that uh, Wickham have brought from QPR this season. On loan. Oh David my God! About to get promoted. Has, has now arrived on loan. Um, before you interrupt, Joe, who, who's going to be the first manager sacked? Oh, uh, I'll go Gareth Ainsworth. To wrap it up, who are we going to have as the playoff winners? I will say Rotherham. Third season in a row that they'll be down at this level and they'll do it again, I think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think Sunderland will go up. Uh, playoff winners, Jeff. Yeah, Sunderland, Sunderland. Okay. And for you, Broome? Um, Peterborough. Well, so that brings the predictions to an end. Uh, thank you for listening in. Good luck to all the teams uh, in this season's League One, in particularly to Barry and Bolton. Hopefully you pull through with your financial uh, turmoil. We'll be back now on a weekly basis uh, throughout the whole season. We look forward to the season over the next nine months to be full of thrills, spills and plenty of drama and excitement. Uh, as I said, good luck to everyone. Podcast will be out later today. You can listen on Spotify, iTunes and Acast and follow the Twitter at L1 Lowdown to get all the latest information from England's third tier of the Matals. Thanks again to Joe for uh, his fine input. Joe, thanks once again, mate. Oh, no problem, Mars. I'm still recovering from the shock of Brim shouting that out. To be fair. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Gave me a heart attack. <laughs> I'm still recovering from thinking we've got one of the best front threes in League One now, and I actually can't believe it. Thank oh, you, uh, Alex, for uh, joining me, mate. Uh, been a pleasure as always, mate. And uh, don't work yourself too much over signing David Wheeler. Oh, sorry, David Wheeler, Fred on your dimmer in the same day. Oh, my God. I'm. God, oh, I'm. I'm Oh, I'm having a nosebleed there. Oh my God. Let's, let's just hope Alex Hart can uh, take all the excitement uh, of David Wheeler signing on loan. Uh, we, we are signing out and uh, we'll be back with another podcast sometime next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye for now.